This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It's October the 12th, 2023. A beautiful fall day. I took a drive yesterday. Um, I love living uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, it's it's one I you. Wake up in the morning and I walk out of my deck and I've got this beautiful view of of, uh, of the mountains. But I took a drive yesterday uh, over the mountain and uh, down to a, a, a town on the other side. It's about a, a half hour, 40-minute 40, 40 drive. And it was the first time I'd really uh, been out for any kind of an extensive drive lately. And what a beautiful sight. I mean, driving through this... Uh, you know, up the mountain and down the mountain, and all the leaves are changing. It's just, you know, it's reminiscent. Of course, I spent most of my life in New England. Uh, it, it's very New Englandish. The only thing I don't have to worry about is snow uh, where I am. Uh, they get a little bit of snow in the mountains around here, but we're far enough south that, you know, we'll get a little bit, but uh, just a little mood snow. I'm not going to have to worry about a lot of snow in the wintertime, but what a beautiful drive yesterday. Um, let's get to, uh, let's start off with some baseball from yesterday. Uh, three games yesterday. You know, there's the old saying that you should never poke the bear, right? <laughs> We've all heard that saying before. Well, after their game two win, Orlando Arcia of the Atlanta Braves made fun of Bryce Harper while he was in the clubhouse after the game after Harper's uh, base-running blunder in the ninth inning. Look, we don't know whether he would have scored anyway because the, the catch was made. Even if he doesn't get doubled off a of first base, it probably doesn't make any difference. But at least they would have had another chance. But after the game, you know, Arcia is, is uh, making taking some shots at him in the, uh, in the clubhouse, and, it, and word got out. I think it was Fox News or the or the Athletic. One of them reported what Arcia said, and so Bryce Harper had said his teammates looked at him before the game, and he said he said they looked at me and like, what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what he did. <laughs> if you didn't watch it last night. He hit two homers, and in each of his home runs, as he's rounding second base, he stared at the Atlanta Braves shortstop both times, as if to say, how do you like me now? (laughs) Um, And uh, the Phillies just absolutely obliterated the Braves last night, 10-2, and it wasn't just Harper. 
Nick Castellanos also hit two home runs in the game in front of his son. Uh, Trey Turner went deep. Brandon Marsh went deep. Six home runs in the game for the Phillies. So Bryce Harper kind of took care of business, and his teammates said, we got your back. It was ugly. And Aaron Nola was very, very good again. Aaron Nola, who is going to be a free agent at the end of the season, at the end of the playoffs, maybe making himself a whole lot of money right now with the way he has pitched in the playoffs so far. After the game, of course, you know, in the clubhouse, everybody's, you know, they go right to Arcia and they're like, you know, what do you got to say? And, you know, R.C., who doesn't speak English, said to a translator, he can look wherever he wants to look. He said, but when you're in the clubhouse, I was under the impression you could say whatever you wanted to. He wasn't supposed to hear it. That's when we were talking in the clubhouse. Hey, dumbass, this is 2023. There is nothing that is secret anymore. Nothing. Whether it's baseball, whether it's politics, whatever, there are no secrets anymore. And if you if you are that naive, somebody needs to give you an education in a hurry. Do not say anything publicly in a public setting that you don't want getting out. You know what? You could say it to your wife when you're at home. And even then, you better pray she doesn't tweet it out or something. But, but you know, there's reporters all over the place. It's the playoffs. There's reporters everywhere. How do you really believe that's not going to get out? You know, it's like a lot of the stuff that goes on in politics now. A um, hundred years ago, or even actually even, um, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, things went on. Nobody has any idea of a lot of the stuff that happened in politics because we didn't have a 24-hour news cycle. Um, and there was a relationship with politicians. And, you know, like, you know, you might hear some things, but, hey, you know, we don't want this getting out. And the reporters would play along. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. You got reporters everywhere everybody's got to have something to say something to write you've got morons like me with radio shows and podcasts and everywhere there's nothing secret now having said that was that the reason that the Phillies beat the crap out of the Braves um well I'm sure they didn't you know they the extra motivation I guess came in handy but look here's the other part of this You had a kid thrown into a situation that he wasn't prepared for. Bryce Elder got the start for Atlanta, his first full season in the major leagues. And he got roughed up. I mean, what, you know, simple as that. He may not have been ready for the moment. You know, uh, we've talked on this show numerous times. You know, I said it about the Baltimore Orioles. Do not underestimate how important playoff experience is. And Bryce Elder gave up six hits. I mean, six runs and five hits and what? He got eight outs. 
And Aaron Nola, who's been around the block, pitches five and two-thirds through 92 pitches, struck out nine, only gave up two runs. Bullpen did a great job. And the bats were just ridiculous. And the Phillies, I don't know if there's ever been a home field advantage the way the Phillies have in the playoffs. Uh, they're, well, they're 3-0 and this year in the playoffs at home. But since Citizens Bank Park opened, they are 25-11 and at home. That's a 694 winning percentage. And according to, I think it's Elias, you know, that is the best ever for a team at home with at least 30 games in the playoffs in their home ballpark. So, and the place was rocking, almost 46,000 people there. And as I said yesterday, you know, I was curious to see how the Braves would play it with Spencer Strider. Well, now they have no choice. If there was any thought that they would save him for a game five, you know, and they might have done that if they had won yesterday and been up 2-1. Maybe Brian Snitker does something different, but he has no choice. Spencer Strider will have to pitch tonight. Ranger Suarez, who got a no decision in game one, a game that the Phillies won by shutting out the Braves, will get the start for the the Phillies. We know how good they are at home. We know what those bats can do. But we know how good Spencer Strider is. That kid's ridiculous. You know, so, you know, this the, the Phillies aren't scoring 10 runs tonight. This is this is liable to be, you know, one of those 3 to 2, 2 to 1 kind of games tonight. But the Phillies have an opportunity here. You know, and, you know, the good news um, is that now they have to, the, the Braves have to fire their biggest bullet to stay in the in the playoffs. So you go back to Atlanta for a game five if you do happen to lose to Strider tonight, and you know at least you don't have to face him. So that was uh, a fun game to watch. I live in Braves country. Atlanta's two hours from here, so everybody here is Braves crazy. Um. I'm, you know, look, I, I don't have anything against the Braves. I don't root against them the way I root against, like, say, the New York Yankees. But I tend to root for the teams you don't, you know, you don't expect to win, the underdog. And I don't know if you could classify the Phillies as an underdog. I mean, damn, they went to the World Series last year, and they, you know, they still won a bunch of games this year. So, uh, but, you know. For someone who likes to root for the underdog, unless, of course, the Red Sox are the favorite. But other than that, for someone who likes to root for the underdog, this has been a fun playoffs. It's been fun because underdogs have been winning everywhere. And by the way, the six home runs that the Phillies hit last night, the only other team to hit six home runs in a postseason game, the Chicago Cubs of all teams. They did it back in game three of the NLDS back in uh, 2015. So uh, just, uh, but I just love Bryce Harper. And I know he's a polarizing player for whatever reason. But 
probably because he talks a lot, but nobody plays harder than Bryce Harper. Nobody loves the game more than Bryce Harper right now. Nobody – there isn't a player in baseball – and I think I mean this, other than, other than I guess maybe Mookie Betts. There isn't a player in baseball that I would want to have on my team more than Bryce Harper. Can you imagine how he would – I mean, he's a god in, Phil, in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia has the toughest fans in history for every sport. Philly fans are brutal. He walks on water as far as Phillies fans are concerned. Can you imagine what you know, what kind of a what, what the reception he would get if he played for the Red Sox or if he played for the Yankees? Oh, but be, you know those towns where their fans are absolutely rabid. I don't count the Dodgers because Dodger fans. I, I'm sorry, folks, but Dodger fans are like, eh. You know, it's it's just a different kind. It's like the uh, Dodger fans to me. Remember Gilligan's Island? Dodger fans, to me, are Thurston Howell III. You know, the people that are, you know, stuck up and, you know, snooty. And, but Yankee fans and Red Sox fans and Phillies fans, they are the blue-collar, lunchbox kind of people that got, you know, and just rabid. And, I, you know, I don't like the Yankees, but, you know, you have to admit their fans are as passionate as you get. I, I would make the case that, that the Phillies, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and probably, geez, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Cardinal fans. I, I, to me, they're like the best fans in baseball. Just the the passion that they have for their team and for the game. And I'm telling you, if if you told me tomorrow that I could have Bryce Harper on my team, if I was willing to write a big enough check and I had the money, I'd say how much. Matter of fact, I'd give him the check and say, how much do you want? Come play for my team. That was fun. And watching him stare down Arcea last night was just, uh, it just uh, great theater. It really was. Um, and then the next game, a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. But Houston eliminates the Twins to the surprise of nobody. Uh, Jose Urquidy was very good. Rocco Baldelli, he was Captain Hook last night. You know, his starter, Joe Ryan, got in trouble, you know, real early. Did not hesitate to get him out of there after two innings. Um, only faced eight batters. Um, Jose Arquiti was pretty good. Only gave up three hits in five and two-thirds. And two of the three hits he gave up left the yard. So, you know, but he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Royce Lewis and uh, and uh, Julian both with home runs in the game. But the big blow was Jose Abreu, a guy who had a very, very quiet 2023 regular season. Only hit, what, 18 home runs this year? Now, he did drive in 90, but a guy that, you know, has been a 30, 35 home run guy in the past with the White Sox and the power has really diminished. Well, he's got uh, three home runs in his last two games and the shot he hit in the fourth inning uh, sent the Astros 
to their seventh straight ALCS. Seven in a row. That's amazing. Um, you know, and, and look, the Astros, well, you, you know, and, and again, as I said, they're, they're up there with the, uh, uh, with the Yankees as the evil empire in baseball because of the whole cheating scandal, but they don't let it affect them. Since 2017, the Astros are 56 and 34 in the playoffs. And they look like they're getting hot at the right time. They got hot at the end of the season, managed to catch Texas on the last day of the season. They hit 10 home runs in the series against the Twins. Seven straight ALCSs. And by the way, the only team that has more consecutive championship series appearances than the Astros, the Atlanta Braves. Remember those great teams back in the 90s with that – Ridiculous pitching staff with Smoltz and Glavin and Maddox. They won eight straight or went to eight straight NLCSs from 1991 to 1999. The only time in, in, you know, you have to take, you know, you don't count 1994 because it was a player strike. But, I mean, they are in uncharted territory. And now it's going to be an all-Texas ALCS, which is what I was rooting for. Now, you know, they handled the Rangers during the regular season, won nine of the 13 games. And the way they're playing right now, if you're the Texas Rangers, and as I said, when, you know, when the Rangers won uh, their series over the Orioles to advance and Ranger fans were, you know, chanting, we want Houston. I said, be careful what you wish for. And based on what we've seen uh, with what the Astros are doing in these playoffs, that's <laughs> you know, they should be worried. But give the bullpen for the Astros a lot of credit in that game last night after Orkini or- pitches uh, five and two-thirds. Hector Neris and uh, Brian Abreu were great. They struck out five in two and a third innings, so five of the seven batters that they faced – they struck out, and then Ryan Presley, who was a former Minnesota twin, strikes out the side in the ninth. So, really not a surprise that Houston got there. Um, a lot of people thought that they were going to win the division anyway, and they did, but they made it, it was a little bit tougher than people thought. You know, I think everybody thought Houston would run away with it. Nobody thought that Texas would do what they did. By the way, I want to go on record as uh, – when I did my preseason predictions on uh, the Boys of Summer podcast with uh, my buddies Paul Arnold and uh, uh, and Eric, um, I said Texas was going to make the playoffs. And Eric Braun and Paul Arnold said, what, what have you been smoking? And I said, you know, I thought that the additions that they made to the pitching staff with Nate Evaldi coming there, and we know how good Nate is in the, uh, uh, in the postseason, I thought they had a really, really good chance. And I was right. Um, I like being right. So, you know, I don't know that they can beat Houston. I'm going to be rooting for them. You know, I, there's no I, I hope Texas wins this. And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, uh, Max Scherzer is pitching a simulated game today 
with the hopes that he will be able to be on the active roster for the Texas Rangers in the ALCS. I don't know that we'll see a Scherzer-Verlander matchup because I think Verlander is going to get the ball in game one for Texas. I mean, for Houston. But I hope that they face off against one another. And I'm not sure whether they'll activate Scherzer or not, and if they do, whether he'll actually start or not. I suspect if he, even if he does come back, because of the shoulder issue, they'll be, caref- they'll be careful, and he'll be on a very strict pitch count. And if he does start, it'll be like an opener situation where maybe he pitches two, maybe three innings. But it might be more likely that they use him um, as a reliever. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and the folk, I'm sure everybody in Texas uh, is quivering. But, you know, when you looked at, you look at, uh, at the playoffs right now, with the Dodgers out, because they lost last night, we'll get to that in a minute, with the Orioles out, with the Braves on the brink, I mean, the teams that won over 100 games this year are out. And the Braves, like I said, the Braves won the most. They won 104, and they're a game away from being out. So this is this could be the year of the underdog. you know. And if you're Major League Baseball, Right, I know if you're Rob Manfred sitting in your corporate office in New York, you are praying to everything that is holy that the World Series does not end up being the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Because as cool as it would be to see a couple of different teams in there, it is not what Major League Baseball wants. They want the Braves. I mean, look, they're they're – ideal matchup right now would be a Braves-Houston World Series simply because of the theater. Texas and Arizona, not very big markets. And if the Braves are out, we already look, the Dodgers are already out, which, you know, winning 100-plus games in one of the biggest TV markets in the in the nation. The, the, New York's not even in the thing. You know, so to have Texas and Arizona, if you're if you're major, while it would be compelling to baseball junkies like me, and be kind of cool, it's not going to bring in the casual fan, you know. And the people, you know, look, love them or not, the Braves and the Astros have huge followings, and you know, especially, I mean, everybody, I mean, the entire South will be watching the Braves and rooting for the Braves, so. You know, if you're Major League Baseball, you know your ratings are going to be really, really low if it's Texas or Arizona. So, uh, you know, uh, and look, the Braves still have Spencer Strider tonight, and they still have Max Fried for Game Five. They look, they've still, and they've still got, you know, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies and all those guys. Look, they still are loaded. They still could win this thing. But, man, it's, it would be a lot of fun just to continue the upsets. It's just, uh, to, to me, it's a blast. It's 29 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about that Dodger game last night. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 31 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Hey, don't forget, coming up tomorrow, Dan Zampano will join us to talk NFL football. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, it's the highlight of my week. It did. I just uh, I really enjoy talking to Dan and uh, trading barbs with him. So uh, we'll 
we'll uh, we'll get to him tomorrow morning. I hope you'll uh, tune in for that. Uh, but back to baseball. The Dodgers last night get eliminated. The Diamondbacks. Uh, well, we talked about the six home runs that the Phillies hit last night. The Diamondbacks hit four. And you would say, well, okay, you know, that's happened plenty of times. Well, no, they hit four in one inning. They hit four home runs in the third inning. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo got it started. Then Cattell Marte hit a blast. Christian Walker hit one to left. And then Gabriel Moreno with another 400-plus shot to left center. And that was the ball game. Now, I remember I mentioned yesterday that, you know, Lance Lynn was going to get the start for the Dodgers. You know, and the starters had been really rough for the Dodgers the first two games of this series. And I said, here's the problem. Lance Lynn gave up 44 home runs this year. 44! That's not easy to do. 32 starts, 44 home runs. Well, so who's surprised that he gave up four last night? I guess the only the only surprise is that he did it in one inning. I mean, that's crazy. The Dodger starters in this series, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn, <laughs> lasted a grand total of four and two-thirds innings. Lance Lynn went two and two-thirds last night. Six hits, four runs, all solo homers. So they went four and two-thirds innings. They were 0-3 with an ERA of 25 Opponents hit 571 off of them. Not surprisingly, ladies and gentlemen, according to Elias Sports Bureau, that is the fewest outs for a team starters over the first three games of a postseason series ever. This, this was an epic collapse. I mean, you just keep looking at this stuff and going, holy cow. And look, good for the Diamondbacks. You know, Brandon Fott, who had an ERA at damn near six in the regular season, came out yesterday through four and a third shutout innings. He only gave up two hits. Didn't even walk anybody. But Tori Lavula was not messing around last night. He wanted to get this done and took him out after he, he gave up a hit in the fifth inning with one out. They took him out. With his team up 4 nothing, But it's still the Dodgers, and it's still Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and J.D. Martinez and Max Muncy. I mean, they, they a team that can hit the hell out of the ball. So he wasn't taking any chances, got him out. Bullpen does a pretty good job. Dodgers ended up getting a couple of runs in the seventh on two out RBI singles from Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez. But that was it. And then Paul Seawald comes on. In the ninth, get, does give up a hit, but picks up his fourth save of the postseason. So the Arizona Diamondbacks, who backed into the playoffs, 
a team that won just 84 games in the regular season, is 5-0 and in the postseason after sweeping the Brewers in their best two of three and then sweeping the Dodgers. It's crazy. By the way, it was the first playoff game in Chase Field since 2017. Place was sold out, 48,000. You know, and by the way, you know, noticing a theme here, sellout, sellout, sellout. That's a message to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the Major League Baseball front office and the state of Florida where you can't even fill up, you can't even put 75% capacity in a place that only seats 35,000 people. It's crazy. So now they will go on to face either the Braves or the Phillies. And no matter which team they face, they will be the underdogs. But nobody, and I mean nobody, expected them to get into the playoffs. And anybody that said they did is a liar. (laughs) I mean, come on. But what a great story. Regardless of whether it ends in the NLCS or whether it's a trip to the World Series, it is a great story. And, you know, what's not a great story is the Dodgers with yet another bounce out of the playoffs early. Look, in uh, 2021, they won 106 games. And then they got beat by the Braves, didn't make it to the World Series. They won 111 games last year. Lost to a San Diego Padre team that had 22 fewer wins than they did. And then 100 games this season, they lose to a team that won uh, 16 games less than they did. And, the, you know, the amazing thing is, and I, and I didn't realize this, uh, it was mentioned last night in the broadcast that Dave Roberts, who I've said, you know, it would not surprise me if the Dodgers move on from Dave Roberts, which is, you know, stranger things have happened. But what I didn't realize was Dave Roberts' winning percentage in the regular season in his career is 693. That's the best in the history of of baseball. Now, you know, who knows how much longer he's going to manage, but think about that for a minute. This is a guy with the best winning percentage in the history of Major League Baseball. You know, and if he gets fired, you know, what is what does that say? I mean, it's just, it's it's insane. He's managed nine years. And his team is in the playoffs every damn year. But postseason, they are close to a 500 team. Uh, I hope he doesn't get fired. As I said, I'm a big fan of his. I just think that, and, and when you look at it objectively, right, when you look at what is going on with the Dodgers and the number of injuries that this team had to deal with this year, especially 
in their pitching staff. And then, and then to have uh, Julio Arias uh, get suspended from baseball because of domestic violence, but to have Tony Gonsolin go down, that was a killer for this team. Right? You know, it's just you look at it and it's, you know, Dustin May goes down. There were a lot of people that they were counting on that got hurt. You know, Clayton Kershaw only made 24 starts this year. He was still really good, folks. You know, as bad as he was in game one of the uh, of, of this series, you can't take away the fact in 24 starts he was 13-5 and five with an ERA at 2.46. He had a whip of like 1.06. You know, this is a guy that a lot of people are wondering if he's going to retire. And he's only, what, 35 years old? He'll be 36 in March. You know, his durability since 2015 hasn't been there. You know, he hasn't made 30 starts in a season since 2015. He came close in 2019 when he made 29. You know, but the last three years he's made 22, 22, and 24 starts. But he is still one of the best pitchers in baseball despite the division series this year. But all these other injuries that the Dodgers had, you know, you can point to that as being one of the reasons why they struggled in the postseason because pitching matters in the postseason. You know, and, and you know, if you were going to tell me prior to the season that Bobby Miller was going to be the game two starter in a playoff series, I would have told you you're out of your mind when you looked at the rest of the guys that they had. So, you know, in some ways, you know, you have to give Dave Roberts a lot of credit for getting them there with all the pitching injuries they had. It was so bad they had to get Lance Lynn, who was terrible for the Chicago White Sox, to come to, to Los Angeles. And when he, you know, and despite, again, despite what he did last night, he was 7-2 and in 11 starts for the Dodgers after came over, coming over in the trade. You know, his ERA was a little over 4. His whip was only 1.26. I mean, he was good. When he was with the White Sox, his ERA was 6.5. So he really turned his season around, again, despite what you saw yesterday. So I hope he, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't get fired, but you know, you know how how fickle fans are. You know how fickle ownership can be. But man, he was, you know, this team was was dynamite all year, and Dave Roberts is a very good manager. Despite there's nothing that happened in this series where you can say Dave Roberts made a mistake. There, there weren't any. It wasn't pitching mistakes. It wasn't anything like that. You know, and and. Dave Roberts said last night after the game, he said, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, that 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 have some problems with some of the format of the of the playoffs now. He said, but the bottom line is that the last two years we've gotten outplayed in the, in the postseason. And he said it doesn't matter whether it was a seven-game series or a five-game series. We lost the first three games. And he's right. Even if it was a seven-game series, they'd be down three games to none and have to come back and win four in a row, and we know the only time that's ever happened was when the Red Sox did it to the Yankees. And he said, for me, I've got to figure out a better way to get our guys prepared for the postseason. He said, I'll own that. 
you know. And he's right. But at the end of the day, you don't count on Clayton Kershaw. And I know Clayton Kershaw has had a spotty postseason record. But you do not count on Clayton Kershaw coming out and not being able to get out of the first inning before giving up seven runs. There's no way you think that's going to that that's even an option. Right? You know, and I understand that in the postseason Clayton Kershaw's got an ERA of like four and a half. I get it. You know, his his record in postseason games is he's a five hundred pitcher. He's thirteen and thirteen. I get it. But when you look at it, you know, it's not like he's given up a lot of base runners. His his whip in postseason games is one point one. If somebody does that over the course of a of of a, of a season, you're thrilled. Only giving up seven point six hits per nine innings. The numbers tell you that he's had some bad luck in the playoffs. That's what it tells you. But, you know, Dave Roberts can say he owns it all he wants, but at the end of the day, the injuries to the pitching staff, the suspension of one of your best pitchers in, in Julio Arias, you know, all those things, you look at that and you can see he had his backs to the wall. And they ran into a buzzsaw called the Arizona Diamondbacks who are just playing out of their minds right now. So, uh We'll see what happens, but uh, we're we're at a case now where if the Phillies can finish off the Braves, and you know, and uh, I, 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 I'm I'm rooting for it. I am. I am. They will play tonight. Uh, it is an 8:07 start on TBS, and if it goes to a game five, that game will be Saturday night, uh, also at eight o'clock, uh, and then we'll uh, uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens after that. But we already know who the ALCS is going to be. Uh, Houston is going to be an overwhelming favorite here. And if it is the Phillies and Arizona, the Phillies will be prohibitive favorites in that one as well, without a doubt. Um, Other baseball news. (laughs) Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, guess what he wants to do? Because he doesn't have enough money. He wants to build a casino (laughs) next to City Field. Now, and I look, I get his point. If you haven't ever been to City Field, there's nothing around the ballpark. He said, he said, and I'll tell you what, you know what I love about him is he just he doesn't care. And this guy's got more money than God and he just you know, he said he said when you come to the ballpark, he says there's nothing going on. He says the only thing you can do at City Field is get your hubcap changed or maybe get back a catalytic converter. <laughs> Uh, he said the way I would describe it is 50 acres of cement. He's not wrong. There really is nothing going on around there. Now, um, the mayor of New York City uh, has announced plans to build another stadium next to City Field uh, for their uh, Major League Soccer team. Um, so that will help. Um, and and New York State has decided they're going to authorize, authorize three casino licenses uh, for New York City or one for New York City, one for Long Island, and one for Westchester. So there's a lot of people, you know, bucking for that. But Steve Cohen would like to see it right next to City Field. He said, look, people that are coming to games want something to do before and after the game. He's not wrong. I mean, look, when you go to Fenway, there's restaurants everywhere. You know, there's 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 things to do. I get it. Um, you know, and, and there really isn't around City Field. You know, that's one of the problems of of the ballparks in New York City. There's not... 
there's not a lot around the ballpark. So, um, and you know, if Steve Cohen owns it, he can further finance his team, and because he's going to have to pay a luxury tax this year, that his luxury tax, whew, th- their payroll this year, three hundred forty-six million dollars. The luxury tax that they're going to pay this year, a team that didn't even make the playoffs, is a hundred and two million dollars. Think about that for a minute. That $102 million luxury tax is more money than the entire payroll of some teams in Major League Baseball, like the Tampa Bay Rays, who made the playoffs. Their luxury tax is more than the Rays' entire payroll, more than the Pirates' More than the Oakland Athletics. I mean, it's crazy. So he, you can make the case he needs the casino <laughs> to, to pay the luxury tax. <laughs> it's 48 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. Back in a minute, we're going to talk about the uh, Bruins had their opener of the 2023, their 100th season. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 51 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Thursday morning. So the Bruins opened their uh, season last night. They beat the visiting Chicago Blackhawks 3-1. to uh, As I said, their 100th season. They are the first uh, American-based NHL franchise to uh, hit that. Um, and David Posternak uh, broke a 1-1 tie to put the Bruins ahead and then added an empty netter at the end uh, to give the Bruins the victory. Uh, look, um, Connor Bedard made uh, his second appearance of the season playing in back-to-back nights, the number one overall pick. And I still can't get over how young he looks. Even my, my wife, Barb, you know, but by the way, God bless my wife, uh, yesterday, the three baseball games and a hockey game. And I, you know, I'm, I'm working the remote control uh, the thing is like heating up. It's on fire. I'm I'm switching channels so much. God bless her. Never once bitched at me. Uh, now it may, it may be because she's not feeling well and she's been under the weather the last few days, and she probably maybe she just didn't have the strength. But even she, no. When I pointed him out last night, and I said, and she said, "Who's you know?" I mentioned the kid Bedard. She says, "Who's he?" And I pointed at the screen. I said, "Look at him." She says, "Oh my God, he's so cute," because <laughs> he looks like a little boy. I said, I don't even know if the kid shaves yet. But he had his first NHL goal last night, actually opened the scoring uh, five and a half minutes in uh, and uh, uh, picks up his first goal to go along with an assist. Uh, he beats Linus Olmark, and uh, so good for him. But then Trent Frederick tied it up about six minutes later. Uh, so at the end of one, it was 1-1. Pasternak with that go-ahead goal at the 13:09 mark of the second period. Milan Lucic... Uh, the fans thrilled to have him back in a Bruins uniform. Uh, that was fun listening to uh, uh, everybody uh, chanting uh, Luke after he did that last night. And so the Bruins, uh, a season where most of the experts don't think they are going to make the playoffs after setting an NHL record for points in a season last year, uh, open the season with a win. It's, it's the Blackhawks. You can't get too excited about it. Uh, they will play again on Saturday. Uh, when they will host the Nashville Predators uh, 7 o'clock uh, on uh, Saturday night. So a good start regardless. You know, the one thing, and I said it yesterday, the, the one chance that this Bruins team has is that they had the best one-two punch in net in the NHL last year with Omar and Jeremy Swayman. If they can do that this year, 
you know, I still give the Bruins a chance to at least make the playoffs. They're not going to win as many games because I think the the numbers are going to be down. Uh, look, the kid, uh, uh, the young kid Poitras looked pretty good last night for the Bruins. Matt Poitras, and he uh, uh, first game shot on goal real early. Uh, showed he's got great speed, and you know they're going to have him there for a little while. I think he can be there for seven games, nine games, something like that. Something like that, and if uh, they decide that he's not going to make it, he has to go back to his juniors team up in Canada. He's not old enough to play in the AHL yet, uh, so he would have to go back to his junior team. So we'll see. Um, but uh, uh, a good start last night for the Bruins, and uh, again, we'll see uh, if, if Omar can swim and can keep it going. Uh, Patriots have announced uh, yesterday, Bill Belichick in a press conference said that Mac Jones – is going to be their starter this Sunday against the Raiders. He said, look, uh, we're not making any changes. Um, it's not just him. There's other problems that we have to work on, and he's my quarterback. And all well and good. You know, I, the other thing that was good to hear, though, is that some of the veterans are finally coming out, showing some vocal support about Mac Jones, because other guys on the team have been – uh, incredibly silent about this, you know. Um, and, and you know, look, I still think there's a chance that Bill Belichick gets fired. You know, I don't know. Look, there was a, a report. Jeff Howe in The Athletic uh, had a report yesterday that, uh, you know, conversation with the owner, and the owner is not afraid of firing his coach. And, you know, think about this. Remember how bad the Patriots' offense was last year and everybody was screaming because Matt Patricia is you know, running the offense and it was so bad? Think about this. With Matt Patricia calling the plays last year, the Patriots averaged 315 yards of total offense and averaged 21.5 points a game. Well, Bill O'Brien was supposed to be the answer. Well, they're averaging um, 30 fewer yards a game and they're averaging 10 fewer points a game. They're only averaging 11 points a game. They are 26th in the NFL in total offense right now. And this is with a guy who is supposed to be a better offensive coordinator. So, you know, and again, I think the answer here isn't maybe necessarily firing Bill Belichick. It's firing the GM, Bill Belichick, and getting somebody else in there. Um and, and and I'll tell you what the 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 line of the week. Uh, Shannon Sharp, who is not shy about you know speaking his mind, uh, had something to say this week about you know there's been a lot of talk about whether it was uh, it's always been to talk about whether it was Belichick or whether it was Brady the reason for the Patriots' success, and Shannon Sharp came out the other day and said. He said, I owe, I owe Tom Brady an apology because I don't think I gave him enough credit. He said this on ESPN's first take. He said, I should have given him even more credit because what Brady allowed Coach Belichick to do, he said, Brady is the largest eraser in pro sports. I had never thought of it like this, but it's he's absolutely right. He said, Shannon Sharp said, every mistake that Coach Belichick made during those two decades with Brady, Brady could erase it. He said, but what it shows you is that no matter how great of a defensive or offensive mind you are, if you don't have a guy that's 6'4 and 200-plus pounds with an arm, 
your whistling in the wind. Amen. <laughs> we'll talk about that with Dan Zapata tomorrow. I'm sure he'll have plenty to say uh, on that subject. That's going to do it for us here. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We're going to leave you with some music from Levon Helm, one of my favorites. It's called When I Go Away. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.